for a music-inspired episode, please sit back and listening to our opening jam. Welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to be recording this fun intro today with one of my favorite friends in the Bay Area. Hello, hey. Melissa. Hey. Um, Melissa, would you please introduce yourself as one of our amazing co-creators, co-collaborators, all the C's? Yeah. Um, Melissa, I am a journalist living in Berkeley. What's your last name? Pandika. <laughs> no one else has that last name. I mean, other than my family, but <laughs> Avi. Um, yeah, so. Cool. Well, welcome. So I am so grateful because Melissa um, here invited me to participate in a fabulous event that started here in the Bay Area called Trap Yoga. Woo! <laughs> I want to cue, wait, hold on. Cue the music again. But for reals, um, I was really excited because I have been a typical white girl and have been involved in yoga for a long time and had a transformational experience and all that kind of stuff, um, but was really excited to try this event. Had no idea what to expect, like, at all. Um, and it was just a, it was a truly transformational experience and uh, unlike anything I'd ever participated in. So... We did that. It was amazing. Melissa has gone to many, many more, um, you know, since then and um, is here today to tell a little bit about, you know, kind of what she, how she initially found trap yoga and, you know, what inspired her to keep going and inviting different people to go. So, Melissa, how did you originally find trap yoga? Uh, I think I saw an event page on Facebook and, I mean, I've always just sort of, like, listened to trap kind of on my own or like running and I was just you know like wondering how <laughs> do you badass. do <laughs> yeah it's my soundtrack uh, how do you do yoga to trap and so I just decided to Good question yeah <laughs> yeah I decided to check out the class um with Liz and yeah it was 
I mean, I, as I learn more about it, I'm just kind of like reading up on um, what Brittany, aka Trap Yoga Bay, does, and um, just learning more about the class and how it creates sort of this space um, for, especially for women of color, um, to kind of just take that time um, out of the week for themselves. Um, you know, a lot of times we're taught that not really to put ourselves first, um, and so that was just really cool to me and also yeah just like maybe women who are new to yoga or like don't feel comfortable in mainstream yoga spaces like like this gives them an opportunity to take up space um when you know normally they're not able to so yeah so it was just really cool and I was and I I invited Liz and then I later like went to a class with my roommate and I've been recommending it to everybody. Everybody. <laughs> so one of my favorite examples, I feel like that you've brought up to me before of how it differentiates. I mean, just for people to get a small taste without actually experiencing the class is, um, you know, the fact that you don't have to go, you, know, you don't have to show up in Lululemon. Mm-hmm. Like you can do trap yoga and, you know, basketball shorts and mm-hmm. a tank top if you want to, yeah, or, you exactly. know, whatever whatever you're comfortable in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He just teaches you to do you. Um, yeah, and it was just, and that was just so nice to see, really refreshing and just like, yeah, it's just, just this really, it's just empowering. So let's back up a little bit um, to your love of trap music. So if you had to name some of either your favorite artists or your favorite trap songs, are there any shout outs that you wanna give? Uh, well, I think, like, everyone else, like, I've been really into Cardi B. Yeah. And yep. I love her Instagram. She gives, like, great yes. advice. Yes, I like it I too, highly yeah. recommend it if you want some wisdom to go to What's Cardi B. handle? I am Cardi B. I, at I am Cardi B. Um, and I am loving, I mean, she has so many top, I don't know, top of the billboard charts hits right now. Yes. Um, been really into Barty or Cardi. I cannot stop listening to that. Yes. Um, Twenty One Savage, but I don't know. I would have to say I've just been I've just been listening to Cardi nonstop. So I don't <laughs> think you are alone in that. So yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so yeah. So so what other artists? Um, are there any others other than Cardi B that um, I'm into... folks should pay attention to? Or yeah, uh, Gucci Mane who. Um, gets played a lot at trap yoga classes Um, and he just apparently came out with an autobiography not too long ago that's gotten a lot of I mean I saw it come up on Roxanne Gay's like one of her like to read lists Um, yeah so nice right anything yeah Migos yeah anything where you can kind of just like shake your ass and you can definitely (laughs) do that in trap yoga you will not be shamed for it (laughs) Um, So one thing that I, you know, wanted to make sure that we got to share ahead of time because I just thought it was so awesome is just the fact alone that Trap Yoga Bay gave us some of her time um, in her busy schedule because, I mean, this has caught, like, She has been touring, like, Houston and Miami and, like, Atlanta. Yeah, Yeah. everywhere. We basically (laughs) don't know where she is at a given time unless we're looking at her We don't know where she is now. Yeah. (laughs) We could check Insta real quick and see where she's at, but 
she is all over the place and she still gave us her time um, so much so that I think she was, uh, she said she was sports bra shopping with her daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, you can even hear some of the checkout mm-hmm. noises <laughs> mm-hmm. during our interview. But I mean, she's that committed to, um, you know, the mission of trap yoga and just kind of spreading the word about it. And I, we were just so grateful for her time. It was really, really generous of her really, and a really cool experience. So, yeah. okay. I have another random question for you, Melissa. Um, is there anybody who you wouldn't invite to trap yoga? Who I wouldn't invite? Like, is there anyone that we're okay to be like, mm, you're not really invited? Yeah, well, I guess anyone who's just not going to allow, I guess, isn't down to just, like, be humble and, like, check out, you know, what it's all about. And, like, someone who's maybe, I don't know, who maybe, like, doesn't who's a little elitist about yoga and like you know like no I don't know maybe kind of like looks down on people who don't know the Sanskrit names of all the asanas (laughs) like like calm down yeah yeah. (laughs) like you maybe you know allow other people to take up space too um yeah like someone who's just is not down to like be open to learning about it yeah I think that's a great answer yeah (laughs) oh my god okay um so I think uh you know that's all I really have Mm -hmm. um I I don't want to like you said kind of give too much away um Melissa led an amazing interview with with Trap Yoga Bay and we just can't wait for you to hear it. So, yeah, listen to it. Listen, listen, listen to it. <laughs> listen to it. Cool. Um, Shoot. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So I really, um, I want to echo Liz and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, it seems like you're always running around. <laughs> um, and also, just like for the work you do, I feel like you know, as women, um, especially women of color, we're like often taught to place everyone else's needs before our own. And I just love that you've created this space where, you know, you feel really safe and connected and it gives us permission to take care of ourselves. Like remind us that it's not selfish to do that. It's not selfish to say no. So just want to thank you for, for doing that. <laughs> no, thank you for not only receiving that message, but holding me accountable to that. Um, Because as somebody who's a self-care professional, you would be surprised how often myself and my colleagues negate that. Like, we're like, we're going to teach everybody how to take care of ourselves. And because we can hold the weight of the world and we're so busy teaching other people how to do that, we forget about us. And I don't know if, if either you ladies even follow me on like Instagram, but this morning I had this big epiphany about trap yoga and its growth and what it has cost me and realizing the same shit I always tell you guys like you know to say yes to one thing is to say no to something else and to say yes to all these people who want to be on board and want to be paid to be a part of trap yoga and yes to these non-stop tours and yes to all of that I ended up saying no to my own yoga practice and no to my own children and no to all of that and so it's not like I'm teaching you guys things that I have solidified in my own practice. Sometimes it's a reminder. And sometimes it takes me a moment to, to realize that because more than anything, more than any of you guys, I probably have the 
biggest superwoman complex, but <laughs> the difference is um, I can, I'm a little bit more self-aware and I get a little bit more like straight up cutthroat about cutting shit out that's not working or beginning to say no if saying yes becomes too costly to me, right? In my class, I'm always like, I, I cannot save somebody from suffrage by causing myself suffrage. Mm -hmm. and, and all of those things that I say are not always just a reminder or um, revelation to my students. Very often, they're reminders and revelation to myself. It's just like a public diary, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that's so like, that's so powerful to hear that. I just, because like you're saying, like, I feel like this, with all the work you're doing, you're just running around so much. It's like, it's nice to hear that, like, oh, you're going through this too. <laughs> like, we're all going through it. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so it's, I guess for people um, who are listening who aren't as familiar with your work, what is trap yoga? Yeah. Cool. I love that question. So trap yoga is a vinyasa style yoga class, um, but I like to really consider it an experience where we listen to ratchet music like Two Chains or Gucci Man, and we go through traditional asanas. And the idea is you don't really get the opportunity to find your peace in a mountaintop because that's just not the world that we live in. We live in a world that inundates us with information and is dichotomous and is disrespectful and we can't focus on our thoughts. So my idea is to get people to focus on this one thought, right? Like something that's palatable to them. To them. You know, lately, Cardi B has come up so much. It's like, you're not thinking about your bills when you're listening to Bodak Yellow, you're thinking like, I don't dance now, I make money moves. And so if I can get you to just focus on that one thought, that thought that uplifts your spirit and empowers you and makes you feel stronger and bigger and better while simultaneously making you stronger and bigger and better. And then while taking those breaks in those moments of silence to put some new information in your heart about how to take better care of yourself. My class is not made like a traditional yoga class where people are wanting to chill and relax. My class is made for people who don't get the opportunity to chill and relax because they're too busy taking care of the world. So it's more um, an empowerment session. It's more a, um, an a affirmative session. And then you can relax once you get all the fuck shit out your life. <laughs> How did you even like come up with that philosophy? Like what led you to start teaching this class and like structuring the class the way you do because like you were saying it's not like a typical yoga class like how did you even conceive of, of how to how to teach this so when it was presented to me by studio owner of dog patch dance where you guys have been able to see me um it there was there was no structure and she was just like, you need to teach a class that's authentic to you and you should call it trap yoga. And I was like, okay. And so I spent two weeks curating that class because I did not know what the fuck to do. And because I have that like issue of wanting to be perfect, I was just like stressing. And then I was like, you know what? I know a flow and I can read energy. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach this class in a way that feels authentic to me. I'm going to read that room and I'm going to read them their fucking rights, snatch their edges and help them get them, their souls back. And the class actually um, came up organic. The things that I was saying, the things that, that we were going through was that. And so then there were some things that I learned to be staples, which I was like, okay, they re that seems to really resonate. Let me keep that. And then every class is a learning experience. So, you know, um, I never would even mention before about being a mother and I would just, you know, go through the class. But then I realized 
after talking to a lot of students that a lot of my students are students are mothers and don't feel beautiful and don't feel like they have the confidence or don't feel like they can say no to other people and yes to themselves. So then I make sure that I always keep my my sports ball on it without a shirt and I point out the fact that I have stretch marks but that has no rendering on my ability to feel sexy and I jokingly teach them a pose called child support pose and you know you give your all in and that's that and then after class when I hear people say wow that really resonated with me then I say okay well that saves okay well that's a staple piece okay that's something that that my people are really going through and what seems to work best is to just continue to be authentic to who I am and transparent because when I'm just real life talking about what I'm going through in that moment so many people feel enlightened and freed by that so, so really, it's not a matter of me sitting down and saying, hmm, what message can I deliver today? It's, Brittany, what the fuck are you going through? What are you hearing your friends and loved ones saying that they're going through? And what are some solutions, right? Like, because we can all bitch about our problems, but let's talk about some solutions and let's make it palatable by picking a good song, by saying some, some ratchet affirmations, by curating that safe space. So it's not hard for me. It's just me showing up for my people and for myself every day. Mm -hmm. So going to the ratchet affirmations, that's like one of my favorite parts of your classes. <laughs> and I was wondering if you could explain to listeners like what those are, like how you come up with them and um, why they're so important, especially for the communities you're working with. Yeah, so a ratchet affirmation is an affirmation that, that again, is dichotomous. It doesn't sound like it would make sense, right? Like people here like, you know, people so you say like, oh, she called me a bitch, and they go, oh, she called you a bitch, right? But then it's like, but I'm like, you're lit, like you're the shit, or 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 any of those things that like are an affirmation, but it it works for millennials, right? Because we are all frolicking through green grass, like we are angry, rightfully so. Look at like the things that are happening. Look at our air quality. Look at. 45 in the office. Look at all of those things that we're going through. And it's not enough to just say, everything is going to be okay. Because we can't make those promises because we don't know those things. But if instead we're like, no, you're going to be fucking all right. Because you said you're going to be all right. And you have that power. That, that, kind, of, um, that kind of aggression of, of self-advocacy, of self-care, and of self-love, and in a way that feels so unapologetic, like that's what people are looking for. It's crazy. People are looking for permission to not give a fuck. Isn't that so odd? Yeah, no, like it's, it's so, and it's, I mean, you know, not to like hate on like other yoga classes I've been to, but like, I mean, the, the idea of like, it's okay to be pissed. <laughs> Where, cause like, I mean, the vibe in like a lot of other yoga classes, it feels like, not like it's, no one's actually explicitly saying like, don't get pissed off, like stay calm, like, but it's just definitely, I just like that, that there's a space where like you can be angry like you have you deserve like especially with everything going on right now like you just <laughs> yeah. deny their humanity and and that's one of the things that I think explain to people everybody wants to yang and everybody wants to live in which is the light and the happiness I happily operate in my which is the darkness inside of me and that like, I'm like, ooh, I'm a villain. But no, that doesn't mean I'm a villain. See, all the time in my class, people come up to me at the end. You know what? Like, that class was really empowering. I almost cried. And instantly, I'm like, why didn't you? See, like, no one ever comes up to me and say, I almost laughed. Because laughing is so acceptable. Laughing, laughing and laughter and smiles, even when you don't feel it, is a 
okay. But what happens when all truth is your soul cry didn't go through the physical manifestations of it, which means you're still holding in some things. You do get to the point that you're crying, you're you're sobbing uncontrollably. You are in a rage where you are now being destructive because you didn't socialize that dog we call frustration, we call fear, we call sadness. Those feelings are real and they're valid. And if we don't start begin to to get through them and to understand that they serve a purpose and they will continue to creep up and control our lives. So my class in in enlisted um, someone being angry or someone being frustrated or not even like making them that way, but having them to understand that, yes, you feel sad. Yes, you feel hurt. Yeah, you feel betrayed. And guess what, bitch? That's a real feeling. Deal with that. Don't just pretend like it's going to be okay because pretending it's not real. So I'm like, get off of who you mad at. If somebody hurts you, tell them fuck you, not your kids, not somebody who you know is going to love you unconditionally and damn sure not yourself. And so that's what trap yoga is about, coming in, feeling those emotions, the ones that we're not supposed to socialize. That's what ratchet affirmations are about, being able to say, you know, fuck suckers. They can't, you can't be in my life. Or, you know, like, and, and we hear it in a ratchet affirmation could be Kendrick Lamar's, I can't stay humble just because your ass is insecure. That's mm -hmm. a ratchet affirmation. Like, those things exist. I just put a label on them to make it understandable and palatable to my, to my students and the people that I reach. How do you think, um, like, these, those affirmations and, like, you know, giving people permission to feel all their feelings, like, how do you, and other aspects of your class in general, like, how do you see that as, um, a form of resistance, especially now? Um, because if we, if you ignore the fact that you're in pain, I'm trying to remember the saying, um, was it Zora Neale Hurston? She said, if you are silent about your suffering, they'll kill you and say that you enjoyed it, right? And so I'm needing people to understand that being resistant and resilience has a lot to do with your your ability to cope and masking your fears and masking your frustration is not a coping mechanism and so if you want to be able to bounce back from all this bullshit that we're going through in life and you want to be able to continue to be resilient through all of that you have to have a moment of being honest you have to have a moment of knowing your own boundaries and limitations you don't let someone bend you and then you until the point that you break and then you discover oh shit like I break when somebody abandons me. You need to know ahead of time, I don't want to be abandoned. This is what that looks like. I'm seeing red flags. I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. I have to create boundaries for myself. That That is resistance. Mm -hmm. Knowledge of self and respect. Res respect, right? Know thyself and to thyself be true. And and that's what I'm trying to, to get my students and myself to, to better understand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, related to that and we talked about this a little earlier I was wondering if you could talk about um, sort of that aspect of self-care and how it's especially relevant for women of color like LGBTQ uh, folks and like other marginalized folks who attend your classes so I was wondering if you could talk um, about the aspect of self-care and yoga and how that's um, especially relevant for women of color, like LGBTQ people, and like other marginalized folks who um, oh, attend your classes. Yeah. Um, 
And people ask me all the time, like, is your yoga class for everybody? I say, not really. My class is for others. My class is for anybody who identifies themselves as other. Because a lot of the world was made for what societal norms are. And so I'm here to create a safe space for people who don't feel like they fit in because I need them to know that it is not their job to fit in. There is enough bland bitches. There's enough <laughs> Western modernized yoga. I'm, I'm here for the people. And I think, especially as women of color and people in the you know LGBTQ community, we've been taught to martyrize ourselves and to take pride in that. You have a conversation with your girlfriends and you're like, hey girl, what's up? Oh man, you know, my mom is sick, my boyfriend's broke, my kids need me. I am so tired, but I'm going to continue to kill myself because mm -hmm. that's what I've been raised to do as a woman, to be a caretaker of all other people other than myself. And so I think it's so important to get into that space where I can, where I can speak from my own experience and say, I am a black woman, I am, um, sexually fluid. I am a mother and every aspect of my life is still okay. I work, you know, I own three companies and I travel two to three weeks out of the month and my children are actually happier now that I'm living a passion-filled life than they ever were when I was a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. But people think that you got to sit there and, and kill yourself and that's your way of displaying love. Nope. My kids are much happier with a happy mom. Um, I want people to understand that you can be authentic to yourself and still be worthy of love. That is an issue that, that came up with, for me a lot in my earlier 20s was like, if I'm not who people tell me to be, then they're not going to love me because mm -hmm. their love is conditional. And what I learned is you are ne you're always going to be too something for someone. I'm either going to be too loud or too quiet. My hair is going to be too blue. My ass is going to be too fat. My eyes are going to be too brown. And a lot of those things I can't change. But what I can do is I can be authentic to myself. And then the people that love me, I won't question what their love is about. I won't question if they're going to stop loving me if I decide that that's not who I am. And so of the billions of people in the world, there will be people who are going to fuck with me and there will be people who are going to hate me. And I need to just focus on loving myself and that love of self is going to attract the right people. That love of self is not going to cause you suffrage just to keep people in your life. And, and that love of self is going to be able to sustain you while you wait, not look for, wait for a community of people that represent you as a tribe. So I'm really pushing that for, for people who identify as other, to just be yourself, stand up for yourself, understand that boundaries are love of self and humanity. And when you're doing that, like shit just falls into place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like how, that's uh, just so powerful, but like I was wondering too, like how when, it's when people come to your classes, like what sort of, once they, it feels like they've, they've found their tribe, like. I guess, what kind of impact has that had on them? Like, what kind of impact has trap yoga, going to your classes, like, what, what kind of response have you gotten yeah. from them? Gosh, um, honestly, people, the, the universe knows, because every time I'm like, I'm tired, and I don't know if I could do this, I get like a flood of DMs and emails, and it ranges from like, you know, I left your class, and I, and I was like really happy, and felt great great and felt like I was in a safe space and then when I got home I cried real fucking tears like I just mm -hmm. broke down and a lot of times it's like I, I didn't feel sad or happy I just felt affirmed and so I get a lot of people say that they felt affirmed that they felt 
like who they are is lovable, that they felt like for the first time they knew how to put up boundaries and say yes or no, or even if it's not even that deep, I get a lot of people who are saying like, I never, like I always wanted to do yoga, but never felt like mm -hmm. I belonged in those spaces because most people didn't look like me. And when I went to a class, there were all of these social norms that I didn't understand or I could not uphold to because I felt fat or I felt too black or I felt too gay or I felt like I liked loud music too much. And now I know that just because there's one way that it's been done doesn't mean that there aren't other ways that it could happen. And so um, on, the, on the lighter scale, people just feeling like, damn, yoga is actually fun. I just have to make it palatable to me and make it work for me all the way to, wow, like, that sparked something in me to learn how to stand up for myself and advocate for myself and still feel like I'm not a villain. Um, like, like I don't have to make the choice between being a villain and a martyr. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I was going to talk a bit about that, like, um, like, I guess, typical quote unquote yoga spaces. Like what was your, I mean, what is, what has been your experience? Like, you could, or, you know, like, or maybe even like talking about like what other people in your classes have felt like what, I guess, what was it about these like typical yoga place, you know, yoga um, yeah. classes that was kind of like, oh, I don't, I don't feel safe or like I, or comfortable or connect with this. Yeah. I mean, I prefer to always just speak from my experience. Mm -hmm. And my experience was I would walk into a yoga studio and I would automatically feel self-conscious. Um, you know, people would be looking at me and I'm looking at them and it's like, I've set my mat down somewhere before and a regular will come and be like, actually, that's where my energy stays. And you're like, bitch, fuck you. Like, I'm trying to get right, you know, or you, you don't realize you, you come in a, in a baggy shirt and some like basketball shorts, but then you're looking around and you're like, oh, well, they all have on these like $70 pants and this, right, right. These, these little amount of pants or, um, or then they're in the class and the teacher is moving so fast and they're coming and they're adjusting you and you're like, no, that doesn't work for my body. Or you even, I've even walked into a studio before and they looked at me and said, you know, this is an advanced practice class. I'm not sure if it's right for you. And, I, and this is after I came back from months of India and I'm looking at them like, so you're just gonna fucking judge me because I'm a black woman not wearing like fancy clothes? Like, fuck off, I just got back from from the holy city of Rishikesh, India, and I'm pretty sure I can do anything I set my mind to, but why am I walking into a yoga space feeling like I have to defend myself as a woman of color? I have to defend myself as somebody who doesn't look like a traditional yogi, mm -hmm. who, like, if we're supposed to be in a space of love and self-actualization, why the fuck do every time I walk in here, I'm feeling overcome with judgment and being criticized to the point of feeling ostracized that I don't even want to be in that space. Not to mention the shit's like usually 25 fucking dollars and who yeah. can afford that when we're already feeling guilty about taking one hour. You feel like you can't even afford an hour to take care of yourself. So now you want to spend an hour and $25? You crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I quit, you know? <laughs> and, and, that was, and that was my early on experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like feeling like you can't, like I just, imagining you're just like feel like you can't take up the space like I don't like but you're getting like this message that like you're not you don't, you don't belong, belong here <laughs> like straight up and then even then they're going through the class and they're like and now we're going to do you know Pushahana Tadarasana and they like pause and you're like uh and then you look over and you're like oh so you just want me to open my legs like two 
fist width apart and bend over forward. Like, bitch, say that thing. <laughs> right? And so that's why in my class, I'm like, and the next pose is going to be called Chaturanga Deadasana. But really, we should just call it this shit hurts because it's a fucked up push up. And then people are like, okay, I can do a fucked up push up. Or so I'm doing a, you know, a, a wide leg forward fold. And I'm like, and now I'm going to introduce to you child support pose. You know, and it's just like, it, it, it's making it palatable. It's making it fun. It's making it accessible. Like, so that's, that's what I needed to be like. Right. And rather than making this like exclusive thing, like only people, only real yogis will like know the actual like Sanskrit, like whatever terms. Exactly. And I'm like, um, that's great. But come on now, like this is, this is Western culture. Y'all stole the shit. It is not even true to the practice. Ain't none of you hoes in here reading the Bhagavad Gita, but you want to make me feel some kind of way. <laughs> Um, so, so I actually related to that. I was wondering, and like, this is something I've kind of like struggled with too, as someone who does yoga. Like, I, I know that there's this question that comes up in the yoga community, like, you know, just kind of like, are we appropriating this at all? Or like, how do we, like, how do you kind of, you know, like with Indian spirituality and culture and like, you know, like it like repurposing it and stuff and I was just wondering how you navigate that in your practice no that's a really good question I mean coming to the understanding that there is absolutely nothing new under the sun and there is a such thing as appropriation but I think appropriation boils down to intent mm -hmm. am I intending to capitalistically gain off of my classes am I um am I is my intention to um to, to dilute the message or to use it in ways that only benefit me. And that was a question that I asked myself a lot because I know that I'm not um, staying 100% true to the way I learned my practice in India. But when I know that my intentions are to, um, to free my people, um, that I am not taking anything out of this more than, um, more than I need to survive and to continue to pass on and push the message? Am I introducing people to ways to better love themselves and take care of themselves? When I know that my intention is benevolent and altruistic, then I don't, can, I don't worry so much about things like appropriation. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that when I am accused of that, it's usually by white women at yeah. um, corporate <laughs> so And I'm like, first of all, all like, you didn't understand that this was, this was from a brown country, and for thousands of years, women actually couldn't even practice yoga at all. This was made for brown Indian men, and you want to talk to me about appropriation. Sit your ass down somewhere. Dude. This class wasn't made for you, and you're upset that it wasn't made for you, and so now you want to attack me. No, no. You do you, and I'll do me, and I know what my goals and my gains are. Yeah, like everything else in the, you have everything else in the world, like just let, let other people have their space. <laughs> just, just two seconds, and if it offends you, you have the opportunity to never have to watch it. I'm not, I don't shove it down anyone's mm -hmm. throat. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I know I'm kind of keeping you back. Um, questions. Um, so, kind of again with like navigating this, and like again, this is something like I have also struggled with, like I mean, I am, as a fan of trap music, um, 
So like, and you talked about like about this earlier, sort of like the dichotomous nature of it. And I was wondering if you could maybe like expand on that. Um, Cause there definitely are some trap music lyrics that can be misogynistic and they can be violent. And like, I was wondering how do you like, you know, how do you reconcile that with like the safe space you're create you're trying to create for, for marginalized folks? <laughs> yeah. And so, because that, right. You said the idea of living in this dichotomous world. Um, I actually do, um, for the most part, curate my songs in, mm-hmm. in, in ones that have, you know, a, a little bit more fun or a positive message. As mm-hmm. much as I love artists like Future, his message can be a little yeah. bit more um, <laughs> grim. And so he does not get as much play as, say, a Gucci man who has gone through a self-enlightenment process mm-hmm. and, you know, speaks to that. Um, right now, my class might as well fucking be Cardi B trap yoga and I cannot help but to continue to like put her stuff in there but my, my songs um not every single song but most of my songs do have a message right like and and you've been to the class before so you know we're laying down and we're listening to that song Drake nothing to something and all that although the song says something else I'm tying into sometimes you would need to realize that doing nothing is something and then the next song plays is Kendrick Lamar loyalty you need to understand to have loyalty to yourself right um we're listening to to the max and it's like but can you take it to the max like do you fuck with yourself and so I, I pull out parts of the song just like we did you know us me my people black people for soul food right soul food was once trash it was the slop it was the food that no one wanted and then what did we do we, we took it we churned it we made delicious food so now other people are capitalizing off of the the food mm-hmm. that was once trash but we made good i can do the same thing for the music some of that shit is pure d trash but it has a good beat and there's something in there that i can extract and i can expound upon and i can repurpose so that we understand um a self-care message and again while how do you take the good out of the world when it's loud and disrespectful and calling you a bitch and telling you to do drugs and to Mm. kill yourself and to not love it or dealing with self-worth how do we still find something good and still find a message that can resonate with us and cause us to love ourselves and take care of ourselves no matter what they're actually saying people can say whatever they want to say a song can say whatever it wants to say but what you receive what you answer to that's Mm -hmm. your truth I love that soul food metaphor. <laughs> um, Questions like that get me excited if you can't tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, what personally drives you to do the work that you're doing, even when it gets hard, when it gets stressful? Like, you know, what, what keeps Ooh. you going? <laughs> um, people like you. Oh. <laughs> people, interested, people interested in my story. People going hard and advocating for me and my brand harder than I can for myself. I do very little advertisement, but my classes are sold out in cities that I've never stepped foot in. I've never been to Nashville. I've never Mm -hmm. been to New York. I had never been to Charlotte before I got there. But the fact that I can be authentically me and people show up and they identify with this version of me that is my truth in this moment. And they say, you know, maybe I already knew what you were saying, but to hear it again, to hear it outside, did that when I get absolutely tired and I am depleted and my cup is empty all I have to do is open my eyes and look at the people looking at me and I am instantly Mm. full of gratitude and instantly full of love and instantly full of purpose and 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 more than anything um being able to offer something of sustenance to the world that also is fun 
that also is lucrative, that also makes me feel like when I die, they'll remember that bitch who taught trap yoga because she made people who identify as other love themselves. That's the kind of thing that keeps me at it. And lastly, any upcoming plans or events that you're you're excited about or that you want to throw out there? <laughs> yes. We also are working on some really dope things like a trap yoga DVD, uh, uh, mindfulness, trap yoga, ratchet affirmation, fitness app. All of those things are coming. Um, if I'm going to plug one thing, let me plug the fact that I need some fucking help. I am a small team. If anybody wants to intern, if you've got a skill, I'll build a website, event planning, financial management. Like we are like, if you, if, if you support the cause and you think that there's something good, the least you can do is tell a friend to come to the class. The most you can do is give me a little bit of your time so that we can save and help other people just like us. Isn't she amazing? That's a wrap. Thank you.